money to myself, I've been all alone Ain't never need nobody else, I'm at a top floor Sippin' margaritas off the show Wish I had some competition, but it ain't nobody low Hit a drop Hello football fans and welcome to week 2 of the DFS by BFS podcast. We're moving from week 2 of last week into week 3 of the NFL football season. I am your host PB aka Bucky Chucky on DraftKings and joining me same as last week. My old compadre, Aaron J. The Joseph Jurgensen. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing very well, Peter. Uh, always a privilege and an honor to discuss football with a brilliant mind such as yours. <laughs> so I, I would say uh, the the first week of our podcast last week, a uh, little bit of a mixed bag of results. Uh, we'll jump through that quick. And then we'll we'll touch on uh, the you know the top guys that we like for for week three. I want to start off though. I want to run through the results of a post that we put up on Sunday morning, Barnhart Fantasy Sports on the I ninety four corridor website. It was a collection of uh, uh, a few different player prop bets. We had prize picks by J Bone. Uh, unfortunately, those didn't go very good <laughs> this this past week for J Bone. He wasn't able to hit any winners. Uh, Big Dilly B dropped some underdog picks. I believe they went one and two. He had a tough loss. He had an over fifty one and a half for Darren Waller. I think he he landed on fifty. So that was a tough one. He went one and two. But I had uh, props that I made on FanDuel. And they went three and zero this week, piggybacking off of a two and one week, one week for myself. So I got a five and one week or five and one start to the season on the FanDuel props. I mean, Jerry, I got, I got, I got to tout when it looks good. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you got when you got momentum. You we want to ride that momentum, and you got a hot hand and uh, keep throwing them up there, baby. Yeah, absolutely. So those were kind of the results for week one of the BFS team in the uh, the player prop department. Let's shift to uh, kind of the, the, the plays that we talked about on the podcast last week. Basically, quick, what, what we did right, what we were hit on, what we were off on, and, you know, everything in between. I think it starts off the highlight of the week. It was Tyreek Hill. He, you know, you you mentioned him as a top wide receiver play. He was seventy one hundred bucks at the Ravens, forty five points. Absolutely went off. Uh, your boy dominated. Yeah, it, it was really a perfect storm, Peter. Uh, just uh, it, the, having the ability to get that sort of volume, and and they just had a ferocious comeback in that game. I think we saw that Tua is capable of getting Tyreek the ball in multiple areas. Uh, his explosion, again, second to none. Uh, what a great weekend. Uh, he, he he boomed uh, beautifully, one must say. Yeah, that was way better than anyone could have possibly anticipated, I would say, out of Tyreek. 
Uh, I, I think other spots that we hit on, ultimately, Kyler Murray uh, was, a, was a good play. He finished close with uh, like 27 points, really came on in the second half. A lot of the quarterbacks kind of kind of stumbled in, in, in week two. We didn't see a ton of big scores on the main slate on Sunday. So Kyler putting up, uh, you know, upper 20s, that was a solid showing. And uh, I think another big hit for us was Drake London. Yeah. Uh, the rookie, he really showed out against the Rams, 5200 bucks, finished with 24.6 in that thrilling comeback cover <laughs> for the Falcons. Yeah, that was a really crazy game. I mean, the, Fal- the, the Rams came out and they – they uh, absolutely were just putting it on the Falcons. I believe they're up twenty-eight to six at one point in that game, uh, but the Falcons didn't give up. And Drake London again, he he was definitely heavily involved. I think we were both very happy uh, with his uh, target usage: twelve targets, eight catches, eighty-six yards, and a tutty. Um, just beautiful effort. We knew somebody was going to boom. Uh, for that Falcons team, we had a good feeling about it, and it was Drake London. Yeah, it was Drake London. Ultimately, uh, one one miss that we had. I mean, talking Kyle Pitts, uh, it, it's going to be difficult trying to pick, I think, which one of those two youngsters on that Falcons team kind of goes off each week. But it, you, you see the potential that those guys do have because um, you got to think that they're going to be losing uh, most of the games that that they play in. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely options one and two. Uh, Kyle Pitts has yet to find it. Uh, we saw this last year a little bit where he, we know he has the physical gifts and the tools to, to bust off the big play. We know the tight end position is is suspect at best, especially when the top two one or two guys, Kelsey and Andrews, aren't available. Uh, so, like you said, yeah, we're, you're, there's somebody, there is value there. Uh, and again, it was London, but Pitts really, um, he, he really underperformed, I thought, this week. I thought we'd get a little better than 3.9. Yeah, uh, at the, the other the other guy that we mentioned at the tight end position, Logan Thomas, though, hey, ended up with a touchdown <laughs> rather early in that game. And right away when he got that, I was like, yep, that, he, he hit his value there for us. So that that was nice to see. Um, other than that, some mid-level guys that I would say mid-level, still not really what you're looking for on DK. Jeff Wilson only had 12.3. Yeah. Hollywood Brown only had 12.8, and and he had a couple of catches late in that game. Could have been a bigger one for him, but it uh, wasn't able to get it done w- with Kyler. We did have some misses, uh, but partly I would say because of the injury. Trey, yeah. Trey Lance obviously went down. Difficult uh, injury there. His, that will end his season. I think he's broke his yeah. leg or something like that. That ankle thing, I believe. Yeah, broke his ankle. So Trey is done. And then Jerry Judy, he got hurt in that game against the Broncos. Uh, we really liked the Broncos in that spot. It ultimately turned out to be the Cortland Sutton game where he yeah. absolutely went off. With, I think we kind of you know threw his name out there as well. Javante was a disappointment at running back 9.5. Thought he he would be a lot more involved, especially in the passing game. I don't even think he caught a ball, ironically. Yeah, that that game did not go to the game script that I, I think either of us thought. Uh, 
I, I thought Denver was going to roll in that game, but uh, the, the Texans played hard, and they were in that game. Their defense may be a little bit better than we maybe gave it credit for, at least considering what we saw last year out of them. So uh, we'll have to make the adjustment. But, yeah, Jerry Judy going down with the injury obviously ended any chance of him having any fantasy relevance uh, in Week 2. And Trey Lance, very disappointing to see that he was go he went down with the, the injury because I do think the volume would have been there for him to have at least a, a decent to good game against Seattle. But uh, it wasn't meant to be for those guys with the injuries. But uh, we'll, we'll keep fighting. Yeah, injuries, always part of the game. Uh, you definitely want to avoid them, especially in the, the DFS player prop circumstance because it is, yeah. a, it is a one-time deal and there's no coming back and injury basically is the kiss of death so uh it you know i think we did some good things not some uh we had some misses there part of the game yeah. all, all about getting the right combinations anyways let's move to week three here we're gonna start uh, same ordeal that we did last week We'll go quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, talk about a top play, talk about, you know, like a mid-level value sort of guy. Let's start at the top, quarterback. I went with Jalen Hurts, quarterback from the Eagles, 7600 bucks, playing at the Commanders. Man, I mean, Jalen Hurts has basically been unstoppable so far this season. I feel like... Even in DFS, you kind of have to go with one of these guys at, at the top of the board because the type of points that they can get is yeah. just, uh, you know, it's above and beyond. When you can be hitting in that 30, 30 fantasy point range and Hurts is that sort of guy, he's coming off a 37-point performance last week against uh, the Vikings at home there. I mean, through the air, on the ground, if the guy's able to get rushing touchdowns, it puts him, you know, in that class that probably only Lamar and Josh Allen can hit. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the matchup against the Commanders. Seems like a spot where Hurts just keeps it going. Yeah, it, that there's going to be a lot of lot of extracurricular in that game. You got the Carson Wentz versus Jalen Hurts uh, storyline there. Uh, I, I mean, Jalen Hurts has been sensational. I think the Eagles have been the talk of the NFL. Uh, their offense has been very impressive uh, through these first two games. Uh, Hurts, 57 yards and two touchdowns on the ground alone last week. Andy threw for 333 and a touchdown. Uh, he, 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 to me, has the safest floor of almost any quarterback and any player in the uh, DFS or fantasy football, so uh, a, a great choice, and and still, I think a, a pretty good price for him too. Actually, yeah, yeah, I I would say a pretty good price. Uh, you know, kind of prices the the fourth best guy. Feels like a good good matchup, even compared to some of the other guys. You know, uh, above him on the board. Uh, I was very tempted again to go with Kyler Murray as well. I know I'll probably end up playing him uh, probably every week this year. But um, why don't you drop? Uh, you know, maybe take a take a step below the upper tier. And who's a QB that you got your eye on this week? Well, I, I actually I think this is going to be a nice bounce back opportunity for Joe Burrow. Um, you know, the Bengals have been a little bit sluggish here to start the season. 
playing Pittsburgh and at Dallas, uh, two kind of tougher defensive matchups. Um, they didn't really hit their stride in the game last week until kind of the second half, and Dallas actually won that game. So, But I, I like Joe Burrow. I like his volume of passing. He's got his full complement of weapons back. T. Higgins looked very good to me. Um, he has a little bit of rushing in him, too. He can get you some yards on the ground. I think against this Jets team, we saw it was a little bit of a shootout against the Browns last week. Um, I think you're going to see a little bit of that in that game as well. I think there'll be some points in that game. So I like Joe Burrow to, to have kind of a, a nice, prolific passing day uh, in that one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that take. That at, at the end of the day, I, I don't think the Jets' defense is very good at all. Uh, it's it's positioned well for Burrow to to finally have a good bounce back game. Like you mentioned, they they have struggled this season, but T Higgins did look look good in his return in Week Two. Chase got shut down by the Cowboys. You got to think that this is a good opportunity for him to catch a long one on the Jets. Might even have a couple. <laughs> Can't yeah. rule that out. Uh, probably a, a, a stack you have to consider this week. Probably yeah. the, the whole plethora of those Bengals players against the Jets. So, yeah, Joe Burrow, $6,600. Could, could be a good opportunity to save a little cash. But, I mean, if the guy can throw three touchdowns, four touchdowns, over 300 yards, exactly what you're looking for this week. Yeah, definitely. I agree. All right, so let's move to the running back position. This is an interesting one, I think, because he's been a slow start so far this year. But running back, Dalvin Cook from the Vikings, $7,900, playing at home against the Detroit Lions. Jerry, it feels like this is always a very competitive but high-scoring affair between the Vikings and the Lions. Cook He's had a slow start this year, only 13.8 and 7.6 in week two. How does he bounce back against Detroit of all teams? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not in love with Delvin Cook at all this year in a lot of weight, in a lot of different situations, but this is the best spot on the, on the board for him. This is the ideal matchup. Uh, the Vikings are a totally different team at home. I think that that home home field advantage, playing indoors, I think that's very good for Dalvin Cook. And we've seen uh, both games that the Jet or uh, the Lions have played have been high scoring, up tempo affairs. So I think if there's a chance for Dalvin to get off, maybe break a couple of long ones. He did have 90 yards in Week One against the Packers at home. So if this could be a little bit of a big kind of boom spot for him with, to me, the perfect matchup. Yeah, I looked it up real quick just to see uh, Dalvin Cook's career numbers against the Lions. Interesting enough, it, it looks like he's only played them six times in his career. It's, that's interesting wow. because you play the divisional teams twice a year. Yeah. Um, it, so it says he's only played six six times, but he's got over six hundred yards in those six games and six touchdowns. <laughs> so yeah, 
it, the could, spot is absolutely there for him, I think, this time to, to have one of those boom weeks. In, including, it looks like the last matchup was in 2020, and he had 200 yards on the ground and two rushing touchdowns. Uh, that'll play. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Dalvin Cook, 7900 bucks against the Lions. Uh because of the the bad bad form, you might not see uh, you know a high ownership on him whatsoever. Uh, with yeah. there being other options on the board as well, uh, definitely an intriguing play for the kind of like a mid value type guy. Why don't you hit on David Montgomery, running back from the Bears? Yeah, good mean, last they, week. Yeah, David Montgomery was by far the best player in that Bears offense, and he continues to be. Um, another another player that I think, and another team that really ha- plays a lot better at home. Um, but you know, we saw David Montgomery; he carved up the Packers for 122 yards on 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 only 15 carries. That's eight yards a pop. He caught two balls. Uh, he he should have gotten a little bit more usage around the goal line. He could have had a really big game in that one. Um, you know, we talked about this Texans team, and they have been, you know, kind of sticky, kind of stingy. But I got to see it another time to believe it. And I think the Bears at home are going to want to commit to their running game, uh, setting it up for uh, fields to get a little bit more play-action game going, open the field up more. I think the Bears are going to be in control a little bit of this game. And David Montgomery's the guy who can he can have the boom plays and the explosive potential. I absolutely agreed. Montgomery looked great against the Packers last week. I think if you give him the ball, he has the yeah. ability to shine and could ultimately prove that he is one of the better runners in the league. Like we said, fifty nine hundred bucks against the Texans, pretty good spot. Another guy, though, just to add in, you had Mark down, same game actually. Damian Pierce, you want to dip a little lower in salary, five thousand dollars for him playing against the Bears. D, you saw the Packers running backs carve them alive. Uh, he's definitely you want to dip a little lower. I think definitely a guy worth mentioning. Yeah, he was a guy I I, I really looked at. I really he had sixteen touches last week. He caught a ball. Uh, I think they're they're figuring out that he is the runner that they need to be playing more. The Rex Burkhead experiment. Uh, <laughs> he should only be kind of a third down guy. Pierce, I think we're still seeing some untapped potential here yet. And he's going to boom one of these weeks. It could be this week. So, you know, at that price, I think he's definitely worth an opportunity uh, to be in some lineups. Yes, we will move to the wide receiver position. Again, on DraftKings always, you got to play three of these guys as well as a flex spot. So very important position here. And I think the trend that we've seen, wide receivers definitely outscoring running backs, especially so far this season. So if you're looking at receivers, you know you're going to have to play some of these good players at the top. If you got to pick one guy at the top for this week, who are you going to roll with? You know, there's some good choices out there, but for me, it is going to be Devontae Adams, Pete. Uh, We saw in week one the usage uh, that he had and then kind of disappearing last week. um, 
the game flow of that game went away. He did score that early touchdown, but he only ended up with two catches, and I think he was a little bit uh, irritated by that, Pete. It seemed like there was some some things that came out of the came out of there where he was kind of pissed off that he didn't get the ball. He had 17 targets in week one. Damn. I expect that to continue uh, here in week three. That Titans team looks absolutely dysfunctional to me. Total uh, sieve. If you, Total you sieve. Want, you, want a, you want a player prop, I would vote. My player pro, or my prop would be Mike Vrabel will be the first coach fired this year. Wow. That would be. That would be my uh, prop that if you, if, you know, it's not something I dip into a lot, but that team looked terrible to me on Monday night coming off the short week. Uh, I think the Raiders roll in that one. And I think Devontae is going to get targeted early and often from his college teammate, uh, Derek Carr. Yeah, I, I, you make some great points about Adams. He definitely was was visibly upset that he wasn't getting involved more, especially in uh, it, it's tough when you, when you start the season zero and two, and you see on yeah. the other side, uh, you know, well at that point the Packers hadn't played their second game yet, but. Um, yeah, you know, with him jumping to the Raiders, he, he comes in with a certain level of expectations, especially in terms of uh, uh, his his touches. So yeah. uh, I think it's a good spot for him to bounce back in week, week three here against that Titans D. They've looked awful, absolutely awful. So yeah, Avante Adams probably go a little bit unnoticed, especially with, you know, Cup, Jefferson, Chase, Diggs, Tyreek. There's a lot of guys like yeah, good, good quality players up there. And I, I do, I'm big on the angle of a guy like that coming off of a bad week where you can get some of that less ownership. I think there's a, a real advantage to that. And even though Devontae's a premier player maybe you can get a little advantage in the ownership category right uh another top guy at the wide receiver uh i just kind of mentioned his name too uh another viking we got to talk about him i think because i i think he's he's got to be a top play he's expensive it's 9300 bucks you're gonna have to take the savings you know in other spots maybe tied in maybe you find you know that that value running back whatever it is but Jeff, Justin Jefferson from the mm. Vikings, ninety three hundred bucks against the Lions. It, it just screams like a, a great opportunity for points. Seems like a player that the Lions are just not going to be able to keep tabs on. Uh, you talk about bounce back spots. He only had ten point eight in on Monday night against the Eagles. Six catches for forty eight yards. Still had double figure targets. Week one, nine catches, 184, and two tutties. Mm. I got to think that week three is going to be closer to that week one performance than in the week two. Yeah, same kind of thing that with the Dalvin Cook logic, but JJ, uh, he, he is the preeminent star of that team. And he did get a lot of red zone targets. Uh, Darius Slay uh, was guarding him in that Philly game, and he did a really good job. Kirk Cousins looked totally overwhelmed uh, in another primetime disaster. So, again, I think this team is totally different at home. Um, the Lions, I like that they play with that little bit of a, they're kind of a little bit up-tempo, not a great defense. There should be a lot of points in that one, and 
and JJ is going to have a lot of opportunities to make some big plays in that one. So, yeah, I think it's a great spot, and you can definitely build some lineups around him. Yeah, it seems like whenever the Lions play this year, uh, they're a good team to target against, especially yeah. in fantasy. Like you said, uh, you know, up tempo, not a good defense, really. Um, it, and they know. can score a little bit too, so they can oh, keep, absolutely, you know, yeah. kind of keep the pressure going both ways where you have to stay up tempo, you know. Yeah. So you, you kind of saw that at least in their first two matchups of the season where both the team, you know, both the teams they played, everybody was getting off in those games. Yeah. So let's touch on some receivers at lesser salaries. You're going to have to dip into these guys, especially if you want to play, you know, a lot of these studs. Um, let's start us off here. Uh, it's another wide out in that Bengals jets game, but we're going to move to the, the other team here. Yeah, Garrett Wilson, uh, I think we saw last week, Pete, uh, he had a coming out party. Um, you know, Joe Flacco is actually somewhat capable yet. And I didn't think he was coming into the season, but there's still a little life in that in in his old bones, the old Super Bowl champ two times. Um, and this Garrett Wilson, he has the he has the potential. Uh, he was drafted high for a reason. He had 14 targets last week, Pete. He had eight catches, 102 yards, scored two tutties. And actually in week one, he did have eight targets. He only had 9.2 points, but he is getting looks in that offense. I think that's another game where you're going to see some points in that game and that kind of a back-and-forth situation. And even if they get down, which I would expect they would, then Joe Flacco can keep throwing the ball. So I love the opportunity for him to, to put up some good numbers again. And uh, listen listen to these numbers on Joe Flacco to start the year. He's thrown for over 300 yards in both games. Wow. Four, four touchdowns in the last game in that comeback win against the Browns. Had 30.9 fantasy points. Wow. But he's thrown 103 passes in two games. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> 59 and 44. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's chucking it all over the field. Yeah, he's playing. I mean, you're actually getting value out of some of the other guys, too. Our boy, our, our good friend Corey Davis has yeah, had a couple a long of one. games. Yeah. Uh, and Elijah Moore. So, they actually have some talent uh, on that team. So, I, I like Wilson the best of the bunch. But uh, there's some opportunity there with that Jets team. So I definitely think for uh, 5,400, there's some, I think that's good value on, on a guy like Wilson. Yeah. And a couple other guys that you mentioned in that offense, you can, you can even go a little cheaper and take a stab on guys. Elijah Moore, 5,000, and Corey Davis, 4,900. Wow. So. Jets in a, a disgusting Jets team in a situation to <laughs> give you a little fantasy glory. Uh, let's move to our last kind of value guy at the wide receiver position. Uh, it, I, it's a guy that's caught on pretty quickly, I think, in the fantasy community. Uh, I say that because I saw the results of a contest from last week, and he was 25% owned. It's, wow. it's Greg Dortch, the wide receiver <laughs> from the Cardinals. This week he's now forty three hundred dollars. I think last last week he was in like the thirty five hundred dollar range. Wow, so he's starting to get a little notoriety. 
But Greg Dortch, we picked him up in a season-long league, and we actually were, you know, we were able to squeak out a win using yeah. him. He he's came out of nowhere, but with the injuries in in Arizona, he's become kind of a relied upon guy by uh, Kyler Murray pretty quickly here. Pulling up his stats, he had for week one seven catches, sixty three yards. Week two four catches, fifty five and a touchdown. Double figures both weeks. Yeah, that's excellent value for that price, Pete. And, you know, as long as Rondell Moore is out, I think that's a big uh, person to monitor there. And I think he will be at least another week. You know, Greg Dortch is their number two receiver. Uh, A.J. Green has kind of, he just looks old and decrepit. And he's had some drops already this year. I, I like the rapport that Kyler has with this Greg Dortch, and he's getting nice vi- uh, volume. And when you have a player like Kyler who can distribute the ball, who can extend plays, uh, that just gives a guy like Dortch a lot of opportunity to, to gain yards and, you know, as we've seen, hit the end zone. So at that price, I think it's a great value. And I, I I don't think this Rams defense is is the same Rams defense that won that Super Bowl last year. It's definitely missing something. Uh, good opportunity, I think, for all the Cardinals guys. I got to mention my guy Hollywood Brown again. You yeah, no, he's going to break out one of these weeks. Um, yeah. So anyone for the Cardinals, probably every anyone for the Rams, you know, in in that case as well. Right. Uh, Let's let's move then to our last position here. We got a few minutes. The tight end spot, uh, kind of top play that we're looking at here. We wrote down both both in agreement. Dallas Goddard, tight end for the Eagles, forty seven hundred bucks playing at Washington. We talked about Jalen Hurts uh, in this matchup. You probably want to pair him with another player from the Eagles of some kind, if possible, maybe AJ Brown, you can go that way, but at the tight end spot, 4,700 bucks for Dallas Goddard. That's the exact price. He was last week, 13.2 fantasy points, five catches, 82 yards. I mean, that it, it feels mid-level with the opportunity to take it a step higher if he can find the end zone. Yeah, and I think that's the key. Uh, I think this is going to be a little bit of a... I think it'll be a competitive game uh, between those two teams, uh, between the the Eagles and Washington. But we know that that tight end position has been hard to deal with. Uh, 82 yards out of a tight end is really good. So, and they, they pretty much backed off the pedal last week. Goddard could have easily went for a hundred yards in that game. If they would have needed it, they didn't, they kind of sat on the ball the whole fourth quarter, but if he can get a red zone, look, get a touchdown. He's one of those tight ends who can give you one of those big games. We, you know, we're starting to see the volume at least is there. So a big play or a touchdown or two, he could be a real steal, and 4700 is pretty affordable for that kind of option at that position. 
Yeah, I think we've seen out of the Eagles offense so far this year. Week one, A.J. Brown really went off. Week two, we saw the ball spread around a lot more, I think. Devontae Smith became involved. Wow. He had a really good game. Matter, like we said, Yeah, Watkins had a, had a good one. So, like, I, it, it's going to be uh, a little inconsistent of who's going to be the guy on a given week for the Eagles, but it, it – a divisional game on the road. It feels like a spot where you trust your tight end, you know, in tough situations. Feels like a, a, a good spot for Goddard to rack up his first big one of the year. The stat that I wanted to point out quick, Pete, is in week one, he was he had three catches that av- his average was 20 yards per, t- per catch. And then last week on five catches, his average was 16.4 yards. That's a lot of big plays out of your tight end. You don't see that kind of long kind of plays out of a tight end so that gives me hope especially with Hertz extending plays that he could find a big one out there so yeah always always the ability to uh pick up a few extra yak yards as well yeah baby the old yak all right so then for the last guy that we kind of have our eyes on here at the tight end spot Gerald Everett from the Chargers 4,400 bucks I know I had a player prop on him on, on Thursday night. They, they threw an embarrassing low number of like 41 out there. Wow. Um, had to gobble up all over that one. He finished with, what was it, six catches, 71 yards, 10 yeah. targets. He really nailed it on late in the game. But with Keenan Allen uh, injured for the Chargers, that's kind of that uh, you know short, mid-level type you know route that Keenan Allen would typically run, I would think, in that Chargers offense, and Everett kind of fills in quite nicely there. Yeah, I mean, to see him get double-digit targets was very refreshing, and he looked good in that game. I mean, he, he they were throwing it to him until he actually ran out of gas, and then they threw a pick six on, on a target uh, on that Thursday night game going to him. So yeah. <laughs> he, looked, he looked like a really nice addition to that offense. Uh, as you said, uh, Keenan Allen is a complete 50-50 shot this week. Um, if he's not there, Gerald Everett becomes their number two option in the passing game uh, behind Mike Williams. So it, it's a nice spot. You got the great quarterback throwing him the ball. You got volume. You got a nice matchup against Jacksonville at home. Uh, a lot of a lot of nice arrows pointing up for for Gerald Everett. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of good kind of value spots for the tight end there. I mean, again, always you can always go up, hit on Kelsey. You, you got to pay, you got to pay close to eight k for him. Um, other than that, I mean, Andrews always an option as well. But if you want to dip lower, and you're probably going to have to if you if you want to hit on the, the the other positions, the higher salary guys. Um, yeah, we got a couple of mid-level guys right there for you. Uh, Jerky, before we go, you got one one fade of the week <laughs> here. Yeah, I, I'd say you, you hit on the, the uh, what was that, the New York-Carolina situation. Uh, everyone there was pretty, pretty poor. I think from my side, it was a fade of C.D. Lamb. I think he had about 15, probably better than yeah. I thought he would do, but all in all, you didn't want to play anyone from from Dallas in DFS, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, Pete, I'm looking at it again, and, you know, 
I, I'm going to say you got to fade that Falcon-Seahawks game. Uh, it, it, I, I don't really like narrowing it down to one player. I kind of like going with a situation or a game. And that Falcon-Seahawks game is gross. It's in Seattle. Um, it, it just is another one of those games, those two teams. The defenses haven't played horribly for those teams, um, it, it, like you would think. Uh, it just screams of me, Geno Smith versus Mariota. That just seems to be gross to me. So there is some talented players. We've talked about Drake London in the past, but that's a fade game for me, Peter. I like it. I like it. I think for me, um, mainly maybe from like a DFS side here, I, I'm going to be bold and, and I'm going to fade those, those Miami Dolphins. Wow. I like that. Um, I mean, they're all coming off the, just these monster ginormous games that, you know, will not be duplicated. First of all, it's just, uh, difficult to do so at, I mean, they play, they're playing against Buffalo. Buffalo yeah. looks so good. The, the defenses look stout. I think they're going to cause two of some trouble. Uh, it's just not going to be quite as, uh, as easy as the dolphins have, have made it look over the last couple of weeks i think it's a, i think it's a bold it's a hot take could turn out terribly but um <laughs> uh you know i'm all about trying to trying to make the big big moves here yeah and i i the salary of some of those dolphins players definitely up this week um so you you a trendy pick uh they were getting beaten pretty soundly by the ravens you know through the first part of that game, and then they just started to go nuclear in the second half. So um, I, I think it's a legitimate take, and, and actually the the Dolphins' defense at times can be can be pretty good too. But it, we'll have to see what kind of game flow we get out of that game. Yeah, uh, I would say Buffalo so far looks like the best team in the league. That's yeah. a spot that I'm definitely fading. Uh, that'll do it for week three. Here we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, if you got anything else for the people, Aaron J. No, uh, always remember to any decision, make it be your decision. Exactly. Uh, let it fly, you know. Let it fly out there. Go with the gut. All right. For Aaron J., I am Pete B. Good luck to everyone in all of your action.